2: This
3: is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. It's a grim day. The Supreme Court just overturned the right to abortion. Clarence Thomas, in his concurring opinion, said that uh, all of the cases where substantive due process is uh, the the lever used by the court to make the decision should also be overturned. That would include, and he specifically named three of them, that that would include Obergefell, which legalized gay marriage, Lawrence v. Texas, which legalized sex between people of the same gender, and uh, Griswold. Griswold Griswold v. Connecticut in the 1965 case that legalized birth control. Now the other, the fourth famous case that used substantive due process and and you know the right of privacy to decide it, which Clarence Thomas did not mention, was Loving v. Virginia, which legalized interracial marriage. And and uh, you know I think the reason Thomas didn't mention that is fairly obvious, but uh, it would it would fall also under this logic. So this is huge. This is absolutely friggin' huge. Right now, immediately, as of this minute, abortion is illegal. Total ban in Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, and West Virginia. There are abortion limits. In other words, you can get an abortion within the first six weeks, the first three weeks, the first nine weeks, the first 15 weeks. There are gestational limits in Arizona, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Ohio. In Montana, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and North Carolina, there are existing anti-abortion laws where we'll see right in some of these states for example in michigan dana nessel the attorney general has said she will not prosecute abortion cases but that may not stop a local prosecutor from going after abortion cases in michigan and you know the question and michigan wisconsin their legislate in fact the legislatures of uh, every single one of those states that i just named are in republican hands thanks to you know a 40-year effort by the right-wing billionaire network So whether they will be overturning those laws or not, even though many of those states have uh, Democratic governors, Wisconsin, Michigan, and North Carolina certainly do, and Pennsylvania, time will tell. Abortion is now fully legal in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, Vermont, New Jersey, and New Jersey, and it is mostly legal in nevada colorado new mexico minnesota illinois new hampshire excuse me maine and massachusetts there and 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 delaware there are some uh, restrictions so i mean it's it's an amazing time this is absolutely historic so there's that and i you know this is dobbs v jackson women's health organization is the name of the decision We have a choice, and we're gonna be making that choice in November of this year. Just what, June, this is June, July, August, September, October, five months from now. We're gonna be making the choice. You're going to be making the choice. Roe v. Wade can be put into federal law. The anti-abortion laws of all these various states that are doing this can be overturned, can be overruled by federal law. Federal law is supreme in the United States. It's called the Supremacy Clause in the Constitution. This does not have to stand. All it takes is a large enough Democratic majority in the House and Senate, and we can do this. And we have an opportunity to accomplish that, to achieve that majority this fall. Freedom. The freedom to choose whether to have a child or not. The freedom to choose to live in a community where you're not at risk of gun violence, that freedom was ripped away from seven states. Freedom is on the ballot this fall. And we have to get everybody we know registered to vote. We have to make sure everybody we know turns out to vote this fall. We have to absolutely raise holy hell about this. This is or could be a major turning, actually this is a major turning point for America. If you, you go back to, to uh, Strauss and Howe's book, The Fourth Turning, you know, every 80 years America goes through some sort of a paroxysm, a, 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 a cataclysmic confrontation and then a, a, a big change. 80 years ago it was the Great Depression and World War II. 80 years before that it was the Civil War. 80 years before that it was the American Revolution. Every 80 years, every, basically every four generations. And here we are again. It's been 80 years since the end of World War II, or it will be in three years. And the question is, I mean, big changes here. The question is, is this change going to go the way of the right-wing billionaires who have been funding the Republican Party and brought us this, you know, with their red state strategy going into... Low-cost, you know, uh, rural states, and and seizing all the media and pumping decades of propaganda. The question is, are, will, when, when, when the when the um, transition is over, will America be ruled by the right-wing billionaires and their toadies, and will we have gone back to the 1920s? where women know their place and black people know their place and young people know their place and older people are living in poverty and social security has been privatized and medicare is gone and it's already half privatized thanks to george w bush is that the world we're going to live in is america going to become a third world country a banana republic where everybody's got a gun and shoot at just are we going to become el salvador Or are we going to become a fully developed first world country? Are we going to become like Canada or France or Germany? Or or even better, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark? These are the choices. Republicans want to turn us into El Salvador. Democrats want to turn us into Denmark, Uh, you know, to hyper-simplify. Democrats want to hang on to the progress that we have accomplished in here in the United States over the last 50 years in particular. Since the signing of the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act back in 1964 and 65. Or actually, let me take it even back farther than that. Democrats want to hold on to the progress that we've accomplished over the last 80 plus years. The signing of the Wagner Act in 1935 that gave the gave Americans the right to have a union. We've got a union movement right now that is sweeping across Amazon and Starbucks and all these big companies. And again, the billionaires are funding politicians who want to further strike down union rights in the United States. The Supreme Court has already struck down many facets of union rights in the United States. Or are we going to are we going to go in a completely different direction? I mean, this is the choice, right? This is our moment of choice. Are we going to become a fully developed first world country and embrace the freedoms and the expansion of democracy to include all Americans, or at least the attempt to expand democracy to include all Americans that we have been working on here in the United States for the last 80 years? Or are we going to go back to the 1920s where women are, are barefoot and pregnant? Where people of color are, are silent and cowed? Where gay people are, are routinely murdered and living back in the closet? Where, you know, drive-by shootings and, uh, are just commonplace? Which is it? Because this does not have to stand. The Supreme Court is not God. They're not the final authority on anything. Congress can always overrule them. Congress can always regulate them. This does not need to stand. And then there's also this testimony before the United States House of Representatives, before the January 6th committee. And in that, I mean, I think the big takeaway from that was donald trump telling the attorney general of the united states just say that the election was corrupt and leave the rest to me and the republican congressman we have six republican congressmen or er, and women who had asked trump for pardons because they knew they were engaging in federal felonies these people are looking at 15 years in prison right now and there's some serious wailing and gnashing of teeth among the Trumpy Republicans in Congress and I don't know if you caught the hearings I was able to catch most of them I had a doctor's appointment in the afternoon that pulled me out for about 20 30 minutes of it but you know and I caught up later but it it was uh, wow it was breathtaking what we are watching here you know, a- apropos of my op-ed that we talked about, my HartmanReport.com report about the rise of fascism in the United States. One of the other characteristics of fascist governments in fascist countries, one of the first things that fascists do when they take power is they outlaw abortion. Seriously. Mussolini did this. Hitler did this. It's, uh, I mean, this, you know, you've, we need more white women having babies, don't you know? Plus... You know, one of the cardinal characteristics of fascism is male dominance. So, this is just incredible, just incredible. So, all that said, let's pick up your phone calls and and talk about what we're seeing, what you know, and what your thoughts are on it. Margie in uh, Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Hey, Margie, what's up?
4: First of all, I am so angry I can barely speak. I'm gonna try. And I'm angry at people who don't realize how big this decision is. Because today, all healthcare for women who are pregnant or may become pregnant is on the line this goes well beyond just abortion and trust me that's bad enough I agree. but remember when you see any commercial for any medication there's always a disclaimer do not take if you are pregnant or may become pregnant because this may cause harm to a fetus today is the beginning of the end of health care for all women of childbearing years and if you think i am being histrionic i have warned of this day coming for three decades, and nobody listened.
3: So are you suggesting, Margie, that women who take medications that might damage a fetus are putting themselves in a position where they'll be prosecuted when they're forced to give birth to a badly-deformed child?
4: If we go from what other countries El Salvador Malta, they won't be allowed to have those medications or procedures. Oh, I see. do you have any clue how many women die in foreign countries because they are denied access to health care because they are either pregnant or may become
3: Poland just had two women die in the last month or so. Because they, had, uh, they, had, they were in the, f- f- the third trimester, and they had a fetus that died, or a baby, or whatever you want to call it, inside them that died. And th- no doctor would perform the abortion to remove this, this dead tissue that then made them septic, and they died. I mean, literally, two women have just died in Poland because Poland has the same law. Another, you know, another Catholic country. In fact, they're the only country in Europe that has that law. Margie, I'm with you. Thank you. Well, President Biden is speaking. Let's uh, tune in and hear what he has to say.
6: Republican presidents alike. Roe v. Wade was a 7-2 decision written by a justice appointed by a Republican president, Richard Nixon. In the five decades that followed Roe v. Wade, justices appointed by Republican presidents from Eisenhower, Nixon, Reagan, George W. Bush, were among the justices who voted to uphold the principles set forth in Roe v. Wade. It was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, who were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. Make no mistake, this decision is a culmination of a deliberate effort over decades to upset the balance of our law. It's, it's a realization, a realization of an extreme ideology, ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court, in my view. The Court has done what it has never done before, expressly take away a constitutional right that is so fundamental to so many Americans that it had already been recognized. The Court's decision to do so will have real and immediate consequences. State laws banning abortion are automatically taking effect today Jeopardizing the health of millions of women, some without exceptions. So extreme that women could be punished for protecting their health. So extreme that women and girls were forced to bear their rapist's child. With a child, the consequence — it just — it just stuns me. So extreme that doctors will be criminalized. For fulfilling their duty to care. Imagine having a young woman have to, ch- to carry a child of incest as a consequence of incest. No option. Too often the case. The poor women are going to be hit the hardest. It's cruel. In fact, the court laid out state laws criminalizing abortion that go back to the 1800s <laughs> as rationale. The court literally taking America back 150 years. This is a sad day for the country, in my view. But it doesn't mean the fight's over. Let me be very clear and unambiguous. The only way we can secure a woman's right to choose and the balance that existed is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as federal law. No executive action from the President can do that. And if Congress, as it appears, lacks the to vote, to, votes to do that now, voters need to make their voices heard. This fall, we must elect more senators and representatives who will codify women's right to choose into federal law once again elect more state leaders to protect this right at the local level. We need to restore the protections of Roe as law of the land. We need to elect officials who will do that. This fall, Roe is on the ballot. Personal freedoms are on the ballot. The right to privacy, liberty, equality, they're all on the ballot. Until then, I will do all of my power protect a woman's right in states where they will face the consequences of today's decision. While the court's decision casts a dark shadow over a large swath of the land, many states in this country still recognize a woman's right to choose. So, if a woman lives in a state that restricts abortion, the Supreme Court's decision does not prevent her from traveling from her home state to the state that allows it does not prevent a doctor in that state in that state, from treating her. As the Attorney General has made clear, women must re- remain free to travel safely to another state to seek care they need. My administration will defend that bedrock right. If any state or local official, high or low, tries to interfere with a woman's ex- exercise her basic right to travel, I will do everything in my power to fight that deeply un-American attack. My administration will also protect a woman's access to medications that are approved by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, like contraception, which is essential for preventative health care. Mifeprestone, which the FDA approved 20 years ago to safely end early pregnancies and is commonly used to treat miscarriages. Some states are saying that they'll try to ban or severely restrict access to these medications. But extremist governors and state legislators are looking to block the mail or search the person's medicine cabinet or control a woman's actions by tracking data on her apps she uses are wrong and extreme and out of touch with the majority of Americans. The American Medical Association the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists wrote to me and Vice President Harris stressing that these laws are not based on are not based on evidence and asking us to act to protect access to care. They say by limiting access to these medicines maternal mortality will climb in America. That's what they say. Today I'm directing the Department of Health and Human Services to take steps to ensure these critical medications are available to the fullest extent possible. And the politicians cannot interfere in the decisions that should be made between a woman and her doctor. And my administration will remain vigilant as the implications of this decision play out. I've warned about how this decision risks the broader right to privacy for everyone. That's because Roe recognized the fundamental right to privacy that has served as a basis for so many more rights that have come to take, we've come to take for granted, that are ingrained in the fabric of this country. The right to make the best decisions for your health. The right to use birth control, a married couple in the privacy of their bedroom, for God's sake. The right to marry the person you love. Justice Thomas said as much today, he explicitly called to reconsider the right of marriage equality, the right of couples to make their choices on contraception. This is extreme and dangerous path the Court is now taking us on. Let me close with two points. First, I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful Peaceful, peaceful, peaceful. No intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and, tim- and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form, regardless of your rationale. Second, You're I know to Tom Visit Tom so many Hartman. of us are frustrated and disillusioned that the court has taken something away. That- I know so many women are now going to face and stand with you. The consequences and the consensus of the American people, core principles of equality, liberty, dignity, and the stability of the rule of law, demand that Roe should not have been overturned. With this decision, the conservative majority of the Supreme Court shows how extreme it is, how far removed they are from the majority of this country. They've made the United States an outlier among developed nations in the world, but this decision must not be the final word. My administration will use all of its appropriate lawful powers, but Congress must act, and with your vote, you can act. You can have the final word. This is not over. Thank you very much. More to say to this in weeks to come. Thank you.
3: So that's President Biden, and uh, he's leaving the room right now. So, end of conversation. Basically, he said what I said just a little bit ago this is up to us now. It's going to be up to us. There are some things he can do to protect certain rights. He did not mention federal properties. Um, that's, that's the sort of thing that is going to be, that would be very uh, contentious, shall we say. But I, he's absolutely right. This, this is now a legislative issue, and we've got to deal with it at that level. So picking up your phone calls. Nicholas in San Cristobal, Mexico. Hey, Nicholas. Your thoughts on the day?
2: Thomas. Hello again, Thomas. You know what I'm calling about. I'm going to try to make this brief, but there's a lot to pack in here. But I'm going to go fast with your permission and patience. Michael Moore is calling for a national day of emergency in the and I'm all with him. I'd like to quote what you know. His quote, which has now gone absolutely viral: "Abort the court." Ah, um, I love it. I, Abort the court. Yeah. One of your moderators in the chat room, Connor Arroyo, quoted him, and I've been stealing it and throwing it all over the place. Isn't it great? Abort the court. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'm, feeling, I'm seeing a real problem here, of course, isn't, aren't we all? Uh, you know, the Constitution says there are three branches of government, executive, legislative, and, and judicial. Well, I'm thinking a third of that guarantee of legislative, executive, and judicial is now gone to us. The court is not. On the side of we the people any longer, and if it wasn't clear before today, it should damn well be clear. Oh, it today. hasn't
3: been since the 70s. Really? I
2: mean You know, it hasn't well, been since, even since Nixon clear.
3: put Lewis Powell on the court. That—that that was when everything turned. That got us, you know, more, Buckley it's and here today. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and I want to keep going if I can. Hmm? This is the time to get
2: out to vote, as you're saying, not the time to despair women every woman listening and, and all the men who support them which is basically everybody now you know if you don't rise up now and hit the streets blow your horn do whatever you can i'm not quite sure you're going to get a chance to do so again if they take over again it's over this is a war and it's a war on women and then eventually this minority rule these justices installed by presidents who, none of whom you know won the popular vote is going to run tyrannically over all the rest of the majority and that's us. We are the people. We are the majority. And if we don't stand up now, it's over. The and only one of these of conservative
3: justices who was appointed by somebody who won the majority of the vote was Clarence Thomas. He was appointed by George Herbert right. Walker right. Bush. Right. Okay. But, with, that, with that one but, exception. Yeah, Roberts was appointed exception. by George W. One Bush. one exception. Yeah, in right. fact, George W. Bush put Roberts on the court because Roberts helped the uh, the Bush yep. campaign argued the Bush v. Gore case before the Supreme Court. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, uh, and, and speaking this, of this incestuous rem- re- rem- politics,
2: right? All of this is reminiscent of that quote that I, I never remember exactly, but you will. You know, first they came for us. Next they're coming for you. Well, it's clear they're coming for us. Yeah. And and this minority rule is not just going to go after the majority. It's going to go after the minorities as well. But Beware! They start coming after women first, who are more than fifty percent of the population. They're going to find their, you know, strength to come after everybody else. It is time. Yeah. It's time to rise up. Yep. You know, it's now or never, everybody. It is. If this, if it's not now, when the hell do you think it's going to be?
3: I'm with you, Nicholas. You know? Thank you. Yeah, very, very well said. Amen. Jay in Detroit, Michigan. Hey, Jay, how's my old stomping hey. grounds?
5: we're all a little stunned at everything that's going on, you know, just like everybody else, but I just called to say this is going to be a long fallout fight that will take me into my old age. I'm 50, and I am just having a problem with our ability to acquiesce and get in these attack positions and say how we're going to protest and how we're going to stop this and how this can be legislatively they're trying to undo the very democratic process and we're talking about how we're going to respond to this unelected uh supreme court imposing their religious views on the rest of the country
3: and Which, by the they way, they amplified day before yesterday by saying that uh, governments have to give money to religious schools.
5: Correct, correct. And, and to me, I, I think that um, President Biden is just a little too hesitant to use the power of the imperial presidency. I believe, I feel, that this is a national emergency, that you've got 150 million Americans if you only just count the women on one side of this who don't have control of their body. And to me, that's a national emergency worthy of removing these five justices from their office.
3: Yeah, the president doesn't have repoking- that power, Jay. The only way that those justices can be removed is by impeachment. Now, I do think I know- the Democrats need to put at the top of their agenda for 2023, if we can expand our our majority in the Senate and hold the House. We need to put at the top of our agenda expanding the Supreme Court.
5: But, but while women's rights weigh in the balance, and we're talking about the appropriate or feasible action, they take advantage of us. They take advantage of our need to follow rules while they go on and impose their own religious views. I mean, the Constitution is, is rife with language that talks about the separation of church and state and they just went ahead and imposed Roman Catholic law on the rest of the country. It's unacceptable.
3: I I agree it's unacceptable, Jay, but there is no easy answer here other than taking political power. Dustin in Wichita, Kansas. Hey, Dustin, what's on your mind today? It says here you disagree with me. I, and forgive me for not putting you at the front of the line. Usually I catch those, but I miss that. What's up?
7: Well, it, it's all right. I don't mind. And I do like hearing other people's opinions. But um, honestly, this is actually a win for may, women's rights. The overturn of Roe v. Wade. Because think about it. If someone is aborted, they could have been a boy or a girl, and that girl who could have grown up and been a politician, she doesn't have that right anymore.
3: And now, she yeah, does and if I have had married right. somebody else, I might have had different children, and if my parents had married somebody else, they might not have had me. And what the hell does that have to do with anything?
7: Because abortion is just evil
8: man you're, you well, know, is
3: you're for you. killing
7: babies
3: yeah no you're not killing babies you're you're killing yes, fetuses and and zygotes and uh, no when it becomes a baby hey, when when those, something is able to live outside dead. the womb dustin it 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 generally cannot be aborted it's illegal in the united states and it has been forever to abort babies okay uh,
7: Okay, so how about in New York and these other left reigning states where you can have an abortion where you could have had an abortion? Thank, my goodness, it can probably not be overturned. Where you could have an abortion seconds before birth, is that not
3: wrong? It's illegal. It has always been illegal, Dustin. If you believe no, that kind of BS rhetoric, York, you are listening to people rhetoric. who have been it lying to you. Law. No, there, you, there are there are, th- third trimester abortions aborting viable fetuses does not happen in the United States except for medical purposes. And on those rare occasions when it has, it's been done by doctors who ended up in prison. There was that one doctor in New York some years ago who yep, went to jail good. for that. But the bottom line is that what you're arguing and what these so-called uh, right-to-life fools have been, have been trying to spread around for right. years and years with their god-awful pictures and their, and their lies, it doesn't happen in the United States.
7: Right to life, fools. I'm sorry, you're deem it right to life, fools? Yes. You're denying a life? And you're call- I am saying that the people who proclaim,
3: with, with, uh, with one exception, and that is the, uh, there is a group that, uh, it, it's a democratic group, a right to life, right to life Democrats, who actually work to provide care for children once they're born. But the vast majority yeah. of people who call themselves right-to-lifers do not want women to have health care after that baby is born, do not want to have any kind of financial support for that child, do not want to provide food to that child if, if, they're, if it is born into poverty, do not want to support the education of that child, do not want to help that family in any way. They are not right-to-life. They are, they are effing liars.
7: Okay, in that way, then, yeah, they are fools, because if someone is... a um, like uh, in a poor situation, and they choose to have unprotected sex, and then, oh, hey, guess what, baby, and now they have to may have that baby, then, yeah, there should be a system in place to may help out to that uh, mother.
3: Yeah, so it's all it's all the woman's fault, and you've, never, and you've never heard of birth control failing, and you've never heard of rape or incest. Dustin, uh, I, I'm going to just end the conversation right there. Jessica in Chicago. Hey, Jessica, what's on your mind today?
8: You are so right. Justin's forgetting about the incest and the rape babies, the deformed babies. They're not meant to happen, let alone a woman deserves choice. But uh, the reason I called is you're right on another thing that I assumed would happen, too. Um, When the Supreme Court uh, did this, they changed the news cycle, and they did it because the hearings were so good. I'm certain of it. They changed the news cycle so fast. And we both predicted that. But um, yeah, last weekend... That I
3: yesterday. Yes. Yeah, i sorry.
8: Yeah. Last weekend, I watched the Watergate hearings. And I'm hoping history repeats itself for that. During the Watergate hearings, right after that, 40 of Nixon's men were indicted, and they served prison sentences.
3: Yeah. John Mitchell, the attorney general, went to prison.
8: Yes. The country needs to hold them accountable. And it didn't matter if they were congressmen or senators. So today, I called the DOJ, and I said, we the people want indictments and prison sentences, just like happened with Watergate, Mm. just for
7: all.
3: Yeah. There you go. Good one, Jessica. Thank you. Vincent in Carson City, Nevada. Hey, Vincent, what's up?
7: Yeah, hi, Tom. Love your show. Learn a lot. Thank you. And wow, so much has happened. <laughs> so I agree with what you said about expanding the Supreme Court, but I don't know why you want to wait to 23. He should start doing it right now.
3: Oh, I, I would like to see legislation introduced to do that right now. I doubt it would make its... In fact, it couldn't make it through the Senate because it would not it would it would be subject to a filibuster In fact, you'd have to have 60 votes in the Senate to expand the Supreme Court. And you know, okay. it's remotely possible We could do that this fall But we need okay. to but I agree with you Vincent that we need to we need to put it on the on the uh, On the national consciousness, you, you know, it, it needs to it needs to go forward So yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Thank you very much. Norma in Montgomery, hey, uh, Alabama. Norma, what's up?
9: Well, in Alabama, we have tried for many years to get some things taken out of our state constitution and others added, and we have never been able to. Here, our governor campaigned on the fact that Alabama does not use its tax dollars to kill babies, and we never will. She's going to, she's reelected. She's Kay Ivey. Kay Ivey. And Shelby's little aide, Katie Britt, is going to be the new senator. We don't even have a Democratic candidate on the ballot. Whoa. Yeah, there's no candidate for Secretary of State, no candidate for Attorney General. Is that because,
3: because, you know, why bother? Or is that because people are afraid of, uh, you know, having armed people show up at their home?
9: Well, mostly the only Democrats we have in the state are, are black. And white people will not do anything where they see black people in charge. They are racist. They will not help. And, Tom, this is also, you're going to see women lose the right for education. You've got a candidate somewhere in the state that says education is not part of the Constitution. So women are going to lose the right to education. They're going to lose the right for property. You know, my husband took his my name off of... My Sears account I'd had since the 70s. My first husband drove my car to work.
3: I'm and sorry, Norma, we're, the we're Tom out of time. I'm, I'm very sorry. Gigi in Big Flats, New York. Hey, Gigi, what's on your mind today?
10: Hi, I just have a story to tell. I'm going to make it as quick as possible. I'm 64 now. I was 16 years old, heading out to college. I was working at Planned Parenthood the summer before I went to college. And my, my grandmother was making me breakfast, my nanny, and she came down. She, she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, you know, she always called me Gigi, not Gigi. Uh, because, you know, Gigi, she said, I'm very proud of you. And I said, what for? And she said, for working at Planned Parenthood. And oh. I said, well, you know, I said, you know what, nanny? It's a, it's a really important place that I was glad I got this job. And she said, I never, ever, want this country to go back to where abortions are illegal, she said, because I saw my friends die from butcher abortionists. I saw my friends die from trying to abort their own babies, she said, and, and, and she said, and practically speaking, she said, the sewer the sewages and the sewer areas near where I lived used to get clogged up and and they they would find fetuses in them. Hey. and she said, and she's crying, and she's saying this to me, and she said, "You know, our neighbor down the road, um the Catholics, <laughs> we were a Catholic, she's pregnant again, and she doesn't want that baby. And she told her husband, and he said she has to have it." well she just ended up in a hospital for for uh, she had a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. so i you know what there's more to this than just the games that people play in the in the supreme court people's lives are at stake here and i am just outraged and just just heartbroken by this so
3: i get it so let's convert that outrage into action
10: I know. And I know. We all I need to be asking people, ourselves, vote, "What can we do?" Vote. Yep. Vote. Right. Exactly. Yep. We exactly. we need
3: we need to turn out. You know, typically in a midterm election, you get what fifty five percent turnout. We need eighty percent. We need you know eighty five percent. We need every every Democrat in America and any any independent who might be leaning in the direction of liberty and freedom in this country to be voting in this Absolutely. election. Absolutely.
10: And this on the tail end of it. Of the gun law they just passed, and you know, where sure, you know, let's sacrifice some more of our, our babies in school. Right. I don't understand it. Well, I, I think the caller earlier
3: who, who pointed out that, you know, in, in Christian theology, uh, a fetus is innocent, but once it passes through the birth canal, it acquires the contamination of, of, of woman's original sin, of Eve's sin, and is born in sin and, and in need of redemption. And so at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course, we're not going to, you know, provide medical services for, for children, and we're not going to provide education for children, and we're not going to provide food for children who are born into poverty, because they're sinners. They're, you know, it's, but fetuses, they're, they're innocent. So we've got to, you know, it's, it's right. bizarre, but it's it's real. I mean, there, there are people who believe this yeah. stuff.
10: Have you ever read the uh, Joan Chittister um, uh, quote about abortion?
3: No, well, maybe I have. I don't, no, You got to look don't, it, don't, don't I, You got
10: to look it up online. She's amazing, and the thing, what she says about pro life and and pro choice is is, and she's a, she is a, a a Catholic nun. I will let you go with that, but I'm. It just brought me back to my grandmother when I was 16 years old, and all I could think was, "Thank you, Nan. Thank yeah. you." She taught me so much in that short little time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Thank you, Gigi. Jordan in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky. Hey, Jordan, it says here you disagree with me. About what?
11: Yes, first of all, great to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a long time. But you, you, thus far, you and your callers have characterized uh, those of us who are pro-life as fascists and purely pro-birth. And I I just wanted to call and make sure that you and your callers know that uh, I can't, of course, speak for all conservatives, because I do identify as that. But I'm connected, and my family and my extended family and my church are connected with a a host of centers that are completely devoted to supporting mothers and their, their babies, both before birth and well after birth. My church gives thousands of dollars a year to our local center. My wife and I support it, and my extended family gives thousands of dollars a year to the local centers that are pretty much exclusively run by women for women and their children. So I just want you to know, while I do uh, think the the correct move was made by the Supreme Court, it's not going to solve the major problem, which is support for mothers in particular, both before, during and after pregnancy, which sure. a lot of conservatives are uh, are out there working towards. So I just want to make sure you
3: guys are aware of that. Well, thank you, Jordan. I, I salute those efforts. However, if they're combined with efforts to force women to carry their rapists' babies to term, I I, I don't think you can claim the moral high ground. I'm not aware of a a law that does that, are you? Yeah, Texas, the the law that Texas passed. The law that that just became the law in Michigan today. There's no exceptions for rape or incest. You can't get an abortion, period. That's the the case in, in, right now, today, that's the case in at least 13 states. I'd have to go through my list where where people are going to be for, women are going to be forced to carry their rapist's baby or their father or brother's baby to term and it's the same people who are saying oh yeah but we love these children we'll take care of them and all yeah it's like come on it, this is not a moral high ground yes you know it's Can, wonderful that you want it, to support though. women and children god bless you i think that's a marvelous thing we should all be charitable in our lives our churches our organizations but uh, this is, this is, we've gone too far here. Jordan, thank you for the call. And thanks for a, for a thoughtful and respectful conversation. I appreciate it.
1: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know, I love Skims underwear. So I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again.
3: Our book today in the Tom Harmon Book Club is Medical Apartheid, The Dark History of Medical Experimentation on Black Americans from Colonial Times to the Present by Harriet A. Washington. This is from the introduction. On a sylvan stretch of New York's Patrician Upper Fifth Avenue, just across from the New York Academy of Medicine, a colossus in marble august inscriptions and a bas-relief cadacious grace a memorial bordering central park these laurels venerate the surgeon james marion sims md as a selfless benefactor of women nor is this the only statuary erected in honor of dr sims marble monuments to his skill benevolence and humanity guard his native south carolina state house its medical school the alabama Capitol grounds and a french hospital In the mid-19th century, Dr. Sims dedicated his career to the care and cure of women's disorders and opened the nation's first hospital for women in New York City. He attended French royalty, his Grecian visage-inspired oil portraits, And in 1875, he was elected president of the American Medical Association. Hospitals still bear his name, including a West African hospital that utilizes the eponymous gynecological instruments that he first invented for surgeries upon black female slaves in the 1840s. But this benevolent image vies with the detached Marion Sims portrayed in Robert Tom's J. Marion Sims Gynecological Surgeon, an oil representation of an experimental surgery upon his powerless slave, Betsy. Sims stands aloof, arms folded, one hand holding a metroscope, the forerunner of the speculum, as he regards the kneeling woman in a coolly evaluative medical gaze. His tie and morning coat contrast with her simple servant's dress, head rag, and bare feet. The painting, commissioned and distributed by the Park Davis Pharmaceutical House more than a century after the surgeries, as one of its A uh, History and Medicine in Pictures series, takes telling liberties with the historical facts. Tom portrays Betsy as a fully clothed, calm slave woman who kneels complacently on a small table, hand modestly raised to her breast before a trio of white male physicians. Two other slave women peer around a sheet, apparently hung for modesty's sake, in a childlike display of curiosity. This innocuous tableau could hardly differ more from the gruesome reality in which each surgical scene was a violent struggle between the slaves and physicians, and each woman's body was a bloodied battleground. Each naked, unanesthetized slave woman had to be forcibly restrained by the other physicians through her shrieks of agony as sims determinedly sliced then sutured her genitalia the other doctors who could fled when they could bear the horrific screams no longer it then fell to the women to restrain one another i wanted to reproduce tom's painting on the cover of this book or at least in the text but when i asked permission of its copyright holder pfizer incorporated the company insisted on reviewing the entire manuscript of this book before making a decision As an independent scholar, I could not acquiesce to this, and I used another cover image. When I renewed my request to use the image within the text, Pfizer agreed to base its decision upon reading this chapter and an outline of the book. The Pfizer executives apparently were uncomfortable with what they read because they refused to grant permission to reproduce this telling image or even respond to my query after I supplied the requested chapter and outline. This act of censorship exemplifies the barriers some choose to erect in order to veil the history of unconscionable medical research with blacks. Betsy's voice has been silenced by history, but as one reads Sims' biographers and his own memoirs, a haughty, self-absorbed researcher emerges, a man who bought black women slaves and addicted them to morphine in order to perform dozens of exquisitely painful, distressingly intimate vaginal surgeries. Not until he had experimented with his surgeries on Betsy and her fellow slaves for years did Sims' essay to cure white women. Was Sims a savior or a sadist? It depends, I suppose, on the color of the women, you ask. Marion Sims epitomizes the two faces, one benign, one malevolent, of American medical research. Quote, Of all the forms of inequality, injustice in health is the most shocking and the most inhumane. In 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke those words in Montgomery, Alabama at the end of the Selma to Montgomery march that had been attended by the black and white physicians of the Medical Committee for Human Rights. King had invited the doctors not only to give medical help to injured marchers, but also to witness the abuse suffered at the hands of segregationists. With these almost unnoticed words, King ushered in a new era in civil rights. Because, as Delegate to Congress Donna Christensen christian M.D., Chair of the Congressional Black Caucus Health Brain Trust, has declared, health disparities are the civil rights issue of the 21st century. Thus, Dr. King's alarm over racial health injustice was prescient. And were he alive today, his concerns would be redoubled. Mounting evidence of the racial health divide confronts us everywhere we look, from doubled black infant death rates, african-american life expectancies that fall years behind whites infant mortality of african americans is twice that of whites and black babies born in more racially segregated cities have higher rates of mortality the book medical apartheid by harriet a washington larry in los angeles hey larry what's on your mind today
12: a whole lot of things by the way two months ago Biden saw a $300 billion surplus for the month of April. Wow. Uh, something that nobody talked about. Yeah. Nobody talked about so it. So much for the national uh, debt. Huh? Yeah. Well, they were they were interested in trying to make sure we have a recession so that Biden won't balance the budget by the end of the year, which still is a possibility. Wow. Because September normally also gives us a major spike in uh, surpluses. But uh, this thing with the right wing and our right wing uh, Supreme Court, these these. We basically have the dumbest people on Earth gave us the Supreme Court, and that's the Republicans. And uh, their their right to life, these these, uh, right to life people, these Trump-humping, Putin-loving incels believe that the Second Amendment gives them the right, an absolute right, uh, to blow off the heads of little children, trumping those little ones' right to live. This is what the Supreme Court gave us, and then they turn around and say, oh, You can't abort these children. These incels have to have the right to use AR-15s to blow those kids' heads off. And that's basically what they've done to us. The damage that they're doing to this country is almost incalculable. And yeah, I'm beside myself with what they're doing. This Supreme Court is a fascist Supreme Court. In my view, I know this sounds a little bad, but they no longer have the should have the respect of the American people because it wasn't respect that put them there. It was the right-wing fascists that put them there. The last few Republican presidents put them in that office. It wasn't a, the American system that put them in there. George Bush cheated to get the White House, and that's how he put the Supreme Court people on, on the list. And I think Donald Trump did the same thing in 2016.
3: Oh, yeah, with Before Russia. Before I
12: even got home from voting, they already announced that Donald Trump won. That had never happened in my lifetime.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Larry, and how it is that the Supreme Court is on the end of this massive pipeline of billionaire money and how, you know, the, the billionaire class says jump and the Supreme Court says how high and, uh, and, heard, and here we are.
12: I heard Sean Hannity claim that Donald Trump was ruining his accomplishments when he was insisting on staying in the White House. And the first thought came to my mind, what accomplishments did Donald Trump get? He yeah. gave us, we lost three million jobs. He gave us the biggest deficits in history, $3 trillion for two years running. Yeah. And you have to include the fact that the Federal Reserve helped him by adding an additional $4.5 trillion. Yep. All of that money went mostly to the corporations, making us even more a fascist state than, it, than we were before. Yeah. And yet not a single news outlet pointed out the fact that uh, Sean Hannity was telling a blatant bald-faced lie.
3: Well, every day Donald Trump came out and said, we got the best economy ever in the history of America, and they were all lies for the first three years. Yeah, the economy was doing well, but it wasn't doing as well as it was under Obama.
12: And the news media ate that up. I know. And they never pointed out the fact that, the, that that Donald Trump was lying through his teeth day in and day out. Yep. And, and that's, that's the system that we have right now. The Republicans have taken over our media. We've never had a, a liberal bias media in my lifetime. I'm 69 years old almost. Yeah. And the Same Republicans here. have always dominated the media. And when I used to call right wing talk radio, they would always label me as a liberal. The thing that I was talking about at the time, it was like eight out of the last nine recessions that the Republicans had given us. The right the liberal biased media never made that point. I yep. was getting that point because I was doing my own research. Yep. They were calling me a liberal because I disagreed with what they were the damage that they were doing to America. Yeah. But they weren't not calling me a liberal because I was listening to the liberal biased media. Because the liberal biased media has been lying on Democrats all of my life. Yeah, it doesn't
3: exist. I mean <laughs> Well, if you want liberal That's biased media, you're, you're listening to it right now. This is it. Larry, thank you for the call. It's always so nice to hear from you. Rennie in uh, Reno, Nevada. Hey, Rennie, what's on your mind today?
13: Hi, good morning, afternoon. I have a an adult son who seems to be a very strong GOP. I don't know who his real mother is, but we have great <laughs> conversations. Okay. And the conversation we had last week is about there are 31 states still in this country that allow forced sterilization. Interesting, isn't it? Really? For the disabled <laughs> So
3: weigh in on that. This is leftover from the eugenics that, era, from the 20s.
13: It could be, but I'm looking at an article as current as February 2022. Well. Wow. So 31 states. I was pretty surprised. The other thing is if Clarence Thomas, who just had a birthday yesterday, mm-hmm. if he was born just 10 years earlier, he may have not been allowed to marry a white woman.
3: That's right. Well, and and I thought it was interesting that, you know, there are four Major court decisions that that were based on basically the same premise, uh, you know, the, the this this uh, so-called invented right to privacy. And he came out and he said, we need to knock down three of them. We need to knock down Griswold, which is birth control. We need to knock down Lawrence v. Texas, which is gay sex. And we need to knock down Obergefell, which is gay marriage. But he didn't mention Loving v. Virginia, which was interracial marriage, which was based on the same logic that Roe v. Wade and these other three decisions were, I'd say for fairly obvious reasons, but it looks to me like they're all on the chopping block, Rennie.
13: Well, and you know, Thomas Jefferson had intimate relations with a woman who was pregnant at the age of 16.
3: Yeah and And, you know, we have, <laughs> so yeah, we have
13: just so so much controversy. And, you know, God. you asked me a few months ago, how are things in Nevada? Well, I hope you can get uh, Adam Laxalt on to debate you because he's running against Catherine Cortez Masto. And she's got some really good points. I hope you can get her on to discuss what's going on with Nevada.
3: OK, we'll look into yeah. it. I can guarantee you there's not a single Republican elected official in America who's willing to come on this program. Yeah, the we commercial have center. so tried.
13: Yeah, the commercials against Laxalt are pretty stunning, like how much money he takes from the pharmaceutical companies. And and then I called Catherine's office a few weeks ago and said, please go on Tom Hartman, and I don't know if you've gotten a response on that. But, we haven't, we uh, haven't you know, heard from her, but she's,
3: she's welcome to come on the program if it's yeah, post. We're, if it's if you're on the back side of your primary, the primary has already been decided. Yeah, I, mean, I
13: think so. I think it's her. Any, it's her and Laxalt.
3: Any Democratic candidate who is running for office anywhere in the country, I'll just put this out: who wants to reach out to us and tomhartman.com? The information on how to reach you want to reach out to Sean, my executive producer, and her email address is right there. Any Democratic candidate or any candidate, period. I Republicans are welcome too. Although, as I said, they won't come on this program. But any candidate who wants to come on this program, the door is open. Thanks so much for listening to our program. If we ever learned the importance of political action, we learned it today. Get out there. Get active. We need to get ready for November. Tag your it.
2: You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.